Hello and welcome to Tools to Create a Better Life with myself, Glenice Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to check out The Glenice Show also. That is, um, I'm not sure how many, 200, 300 shows. So if you go, whatever you're listening to this on, go check out The Glenice Show also. So this week, the gift of death. Now, I know that's a big topic for a lot of people, and it's a tough one, and especially when we look at it as a gift, because this reality tells us that death is wrong and bad, and life is better, and living is better, and we have all sorts of really interesting points of views, and I wonder if those points of views are actually a limitation. And so I had a friend die this week, and... And I, would, I had a friend choose death this week. I'm going to say it like that because that's more true from the energy of what I perceive death as. And again, I know this is difficult for many of us, so this might not be the show for you. Um, and I see every death as a suicide. And not so much that every death is the person, you know, taking their own life in that sense. It really is death is a choice. For me, so again, know what you know for you. And for me, death is a choice. Whether we choose it through an accident or we choose it through an illness or we choose it through old age, whatever it might be, for me, it's always a choice. And so once I really got that, I started to look at how wrong we make it. So it'd be like if you're you know, your loved one, chose to wear a dress instead of a pantsuit. <laughs> and I mean, I know I'm making light of it, and, and that's really the point here. Um, and then we got really mad that they, dro- they chose the dress instead of the pantsuit. It's often similar in that case. When somebody chooses death, we often get very mad at them for their choice. Now, I know there's the five stages of grief in my my training all those years ago with psychiatric nursing. So believe me, I know the stages. I'm aware of all the things. And I'm not saying that those are wrong. Just to recognize, though, that what if that sadness or that upset or all that energy, like, what if there's another way to be with it? So I'm not saying we don't be sad. In fact, I did. I went and sat. I'm here in Las Vegas right now. And um, later that day after I found out, I went and sat by the pool at our Airbnb. And I had some tears. I had some tears, not because she had chose death, but because I actually will miss her physical body. And so this is the thing. Often we get really caught up in the drama and the trauma of something like this. And we add the story. And what's really true is that I could be with her at any moment of any any time. While I'm in body, when I get out of body, I I could be there at any time. I can chat with her. I can commune with her. We can do that. We can be that. What does occur, though, is our body will not be with her body again. So our bodies often have a sadness, like a missing, no different than if you go on a trip 
and you don't see a good friend or a family member for a while and you miss them, it's your body missing them. Because energetically, we can be with anybody at any time. But our bodies miss the, the yumminess, the whatever it is. So if we allow ourselves that space and we don't have to add a story, I mean, if this would have happened 10 years ago and I would have sat by the pool and had a cry, I would have went into the story of, this is horrible and poor her and poor her family. Like I would have done all the things. Instead, I'm just, I just know it's my body. It's like, okay, body. Yeah. And I don't have to make it right or wrong. And I don't have to try to justify it. I just allow my body to choose the tears. She may choose it again. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But it just takes the significance of the story and everything that we bring up and all of that. And then often the other thing we do is we then add the stories and the energies of other people in our lives that have died. So then we bring forward that, um, that say that grief or sadness, whatever you want to call it. And so now we've got a lot of emotions and a lot of that energy and a lot of the stories going on. And then it's a, well, I didn't talk to them and I knew I should phone them. And I did like, we have all, like, what if we stop all of that? What if we stop all of that? And what if we allow that person their choice? Now, it doesn't mean we have to like it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that at all. And what if we stop judging it? If somebody would like to wear a dress or if somebody would like to wear a pantsuit, what if we stop judging it. And that's the tool of interesting point of view. It's allowance. So the more that you can be interesting point of view, and for me, the more that I be interesting point of view is the more that I just use it when I require it. So then when I, you know, am upset with somebody's choice about wearing a dress or wearing a pantsuit, in my head, I'm doing interesting point of view. I have this point of view. So I'm just recognizing I have a point of view about it. It doesn't make it right. Now, this reality really makes it right when we have points of views, especially about death. It's somehow like one of the worst things on the planet. And yet, it's just a choice. And who are we to say that somebody is less off or uh, worse or uh, missing out or all the things that we say when, when somebody dies. Who are we to say that that's worse? Like what, we don't actually know their experience here in body and we don't know it out of body. Now, they could have told us some things when they were here, of course. We could have an idea of it. And truly, you don't actually know for them. They only know their, their experience, just like you only know your experience in, in life. And, and then we make it as though we know that it's worse for them to be out of body which, you know, is really an interesting point of view. And I'm going to go back to, and you don't have to like it. I'm not saying that I will be happy, you know, as friends and family choose death. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just a totally different spin on it. 
if I'd had my way, she would not have. Yeah, absolutely. If I could be the bossy bosserson of the planet, absolutely, that would be my choice. And her living or dying is actually none of my business. And again, I know that's so extreme. And it's, and I mean, I say that for a friend, and I would say that for a sibling, and I would say that for a parent, and I would say that for a spouse. It's not our business. And we really make it our business. And not only do we make it our business, but then we allow it to have a lot of power over us. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to ignore where you're at or what you require or like all of that. So we're not pretending either. If you need more than a little cry by a swimming pool, you have that. If you need to scream at the person and, and be upset, do that. Like, don't pretend for you either. It's not about that, but it's also looking at the bigger picture of it's not your choice. And allowing that person to choose what they chose will also allow you to have so much more space to actually commune with them. And this is what, I mean, I worked for 10 plus years as a professional medium. So I worked with dead people for years and years and years. And I call them dead people to take the significance off. So I used to, at that time, I used to call them the spirit world and, you know, all, all, the, all the things that made them very significant. And once I started studying access consciousness and really got the awareness that just because somebody doesn't have a body doesn't make them greater than, doesn't make them better than, doesn't make them smarter, doesn't make them more aware. They just don't have a body anymore. And so I started calling them dead people to really take off that significance. So I worked with dead people for years. All day long I worked with dead people. And a lot of people would really, really, really stop themselves from creating what they wanted in their life and living because that person died. And that's not the gift of death from my, my awareness. For me, the gift of death, I mean, one of, the, one of the biggest gifts of my friend's death this week has really got me to look at nobody's here forever. And I mean, of course, if you'd asked me last week, I would have said, of course not. And it took her de dying for me to go, wow, you know, that could have been anybody so what do I require to say to the people that I would like to say things to if they weren't here tomorrow? And for me, that's a huge gift that she has given me. For me to remember that. We can choose death. Each one of us can choose death at any moment. Yeah. And are there things, and not from the place of like the fear of everybody's going to die, so I must, you know, tell them how much I care about them now. Like not from that energy, but really from the awareness of, yeah, no one's here forever. So what about living? And this is really one of kind of the, we call it in, in access, distractor implants. Living and dying can be distractor implants because people can be so afraid to die that they don't actually live. Yeah, you might be one of those or you might know one of those people where it's like everything, everything is scary. 
They can't go on the trip they've always wanted to go on. They can't get on the airplane because it they might crash. They can't get in the car because it might crash. They can't go on that street because there's bad people or, you know, whatever. And there's no living in their world because they're so afraid of dying. So there's such a limitation of what's actually possible. Whereas if you're, if you're willing to die, if you're not living in that fear of dying, then you'll try all the things. And I remember years and years ago, I'd always wanted to travel. And, uh, and so I, when I was in psychiatric nursing, I started looking around at uh, going and working in other countries as a nurse. And my mom saying to me, like, I, I don't want you to go because what if you die there? And I said to her, and it was like, it was just the first thing that popped in my head. I said, Mom, if I die there, you'll know I died happy. You'll know I died happy, which sounds really extreme. And I wasn't happy not traveling. I wasn't happy at home, you know, being afraid I might die when I travel. I mean, I might die at home. (laughs) So if you look at that, like, are there places where you're not living? Because that can also be the gift of death. You can look at somebody in this, my, you know, my friend was young from this reality. So are there places you're not living? There are places you could be choosing more. And what a gift her death is to invite us to that. To invite us to be present. To invite us to share with people how much we care about them. How beautiful they are. How phenomenal they are. How magical they are. Whatever it is. You know, those little annoyances, letting them go. And again, not from the like, oh my God, they might die, so I must be really nice to them. Not that energy, of course. And from the energy of like, you know what? No one lives forever. So if someone, if you weren't going to be here tomorrow, what would you be doing today? What would you be saying today? Who would you be hanging out with today? How would you be creating your life differently today? Then the assumption that we're all here forever and oh, it's just another day and it's so hard and, you know, stupid weather and stupid this and like, it becomes irrelevant. And the gift of a death, the gift of death for so many, right? Because that's the other thing for her, huge gift. For those who choose it, huge gift. How do we know? Because they chose it. So it just gives us a totally different spin on it, totally different possibility, a totally different information. And again, take what feels yummy to you, leave the rest. You don't have to go with with everything I say about it. Just know for you, know for you. And one of the questions, you know, you could be asking is, if I were truly living today, what would I choose? What would I be? What would I do? What would I create? If we get out of the energy of like, oh, life is so tough, or it's boring, or it's hard, I have to do the same, like all the things, what would you be choosing, creating, doing, actualizing? Yeah, yeah. And then what would you like to be remembered for? How would you like to be remembered? And are you acting and choosing and creating in the way that that's what people would remember you for? And again, we're not talking about like, you know, just focusing on dying 
end, are those the things that people would remember you for? You know, would you like to be remembered as the bright light, which is what so many of her friends have been posting about her. And I just love it because that is, that is her, that bright, shiny light that, oh my gosh, and all the pictures that have been shared on Facebook and every one of them, she is this bright, bright, bright light. And is that what, you know, you'd like to be remembered as? Or what is it? And are you being it now? Are you being it now? Another gift of her death. The reminder that we all have choice every day to, you know, be the person we'd like to be or to get caught up in this reality of ridiculousness. <laughs> There's really no other way to put it. This reality of ridiculousness. Uh, are we? Are we being those things? Yeah. I remember once reading a book and they talked about writing your, writing your eulogy. And it's, I didn't actually do it because it just sounded so morbid at the time because I had a, so many points of views about death, like so many points of views about death, how wrong it was and how bad it was and how horrible it was for people that were left here and all the things. And um, if you can't tell, that's my new, my new thing is I was saying all the things. <laughs> it just sums it all up. But, you know, and I, I look at that now and I just think, yeah, you know, writing your eulogy now, not again from the morbidness, but from the place of like, what would you like to leave behind you? What's your legacy? Because once you have that clarity of, of what that might be, and again, it's not that you need to decide it now and live it out the rest of your life, but just at least be present with it. Once you have that, then you can start looking at the choices that you're making and do they match? Do they match? Yeah, and for you, of course, it's not what will other people think and say, because I mean, that what other people think and say, there's going to be all sorts of people <laughs> thinking and saying all sorts of things. And for you, is it what you'd like it to be? And you're not dead. Well, maybe some are that are listening to this. But those of you that have bodies, <laughs> you have one of the greatest gifts and I'm getting it now. Believe me, there was a time I did not get the gift of having a body. Believe me, I live that more of my life that I've lived that the body is a gift. We have the gift of having a body. So there are things that only bodies can experience. So when we don't have a body, we don't get to experience orgasms or a hug or sunshine on the body in the swimming pool like I love, or maybe you're much more of a, you know, a winter skier, whatever it is. Like we, without a body, you don't have any of those experiences. So those of you listening with bodies, you've got a huge gift right now to really be enjoying it and loving it. And I did a I did my weekly video. So for those of you who aren't on my email list, um, every week I do a video on whatever topic kind of pops up. And yesterday in, in day three of foundation here in Las Vegas, we talked about this. We talked about what you can't experience without a body. And one of the participants was like, oh my gosh, I'd never considered that before. I never considered it because we're taught, depending on what you study. Now, for some people, it's religion. For myself, it was metaphysics. 
either way, and probably other things too, we're taught that the body is the least important. The body is insignificant. It's the mind. It's the being. Those are the things. Those are those are the, the ones you want to worship or you want to. And I did. I mean, I was like, I didn't understand why I even had to have a body. Do you know how much time it takes to take care of a body? I mean, you got to shower. You got to brush your teeth. If I didn't have teeth, I wouldn't have to brush them. You know, I just wanted to kind of have a head in a jar and be able to create. And it sounds so ridiculous now. And that's really where I operated from. And if you're a head in a jar or you're a being without a body, all the things that I love, I could not experience. So it's like looking at the bigger picture. So we with bodies right now have a huge gift, a huge gift of the body of experiencing the yumminess that we have with having a body. Yeah, which takes us back into that living. And it doesn't mean the beings without bodies are less than. That's not it at all. It's just to recognize there's a gift with having a body. And Gary and Dane from Access, they have wrote a book called The Joy of Embodiment, which is, of course, very backwards from what most of us were taught. Um, and it's that. It's the the enjoyment of having a body yeah yeah so looking at the people that you've cared about that have chose death looking at it maybe from a different perspective giving them the space for the choice that they created not making it wrong not making it right just giving them the space allowing yourself to grieve or to be present with whatever comes up for you without a point of view, without judgment. Because that's not right and that's not wrong. It's not like you're supposed to be a certain way. You just allow yourself to be it, just not projecting onto them that they shouldn't have chose what they chose. Allowing yourself your experience and allowing them their choice. And I just wonder, even if it's not about death, how much we could do that with everyone on the planet. Like really, if we allow them their choice, and I don't mean be doormats, you know, if their choice is impacting you, I don't mean you just sit back and take it. That's not what I mean at all. But recognizing that the choices that don't impact you, that really are none of your business, what if we be that allowance for them? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So maybe there's a gift in death for you also. Maybe there's something you can be aware of with the people who have chosen it that you cared about, that you could be in more allowance of it or celebrate it in a different way or recognize what it might have invited you into that wasn't there beforehand. Just to take a different spin on it and to honor my sweet friend. She is a bright, bright, bright light in body and out of body, and she will continue to be. And I am beyond grateful to have known her in body. And I am beyond grateful to know her without body. And I am beyond grateful for what she has invited me to by her choice of death, death of the body. (laughs) And I'm just so incredibly grateful, so incredibly grateful to have these tools and to be in this space and to be alive with a body right now 
I mean, truly, how does it get any better than this? Have a great week, sweet friends, and I look forward to chatting with you next week.